wafting across the pastoral vistas of the new basement studios by the lake, this is the Atlantic Voice Podcast, 3,000 Miles of Opinion. This is the Atlantic Voice Podcast, I'm Zeph. And I'm Eric. Down in the new basement studios for a massive event, year <laughs> 11, year 11 of the summer movie preview. Yeah, and our ever postponed big celebratory party at some day. That would actually be year 12. No, year 11. I don't know. Don't worry about that. You're confusing big events because this is a big event. This is the 11th preview. So this is the 11th preview show. Yes. Started first one was 20. Th- the first yeah, well, one was 2013. Like a September. So that's we're for sure. We're yeah. We're working right. on close. So we did 12 we did years. 2013, and once you get to 2023, this is the 11th. So we've had 10 of these things. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give myself last year's win. So that would make me two, eight, and two, or something like that. Uh-huh. I don't think that adds up to eleven, but still, you have dominated me over the years. Yeah, well, I, I think I'm getting worse with age, or something like that. I'm getting more out of touch with the pop culture and what's going to be successful and what's going to be critically well reviewed. So I win one year out of time. sixth, and you put it down to you losing touch. Do you That's know right, how? Yeah, do not, you know how patronizing that <laughs> is? <laughs> About the amount I wanted it to be. <laughs> so here, here it's the, not that you're getting better; it's just that I'm getting worse. So any. Anyway, we have traditionally done this. We have previewed the summer movies by watching the trailers only. Mm-hmm. And there is on the Atlantic Voices YouTube page, go to the Atlantic, go to YouTube, type in the Atlantic Voice. The 2023 summer movie preview trailer comes up. Trailer yep. playlist comes up. Yep. And all the trailers that you'll hear on this show, True. which is two parts, will be can be found there on YouTube. So you can watch along. And ultimately play along, because this is also a contest between my partner and myself. Yes, which for which the we award points for, well, we predict whether it would be critically well-reviewed, which right. is just a straight Rotten Tomatoes, uh, rotten tomatoes you know, yes. or not, and uh, whether it would be commercially successful, as we discussed last year. Commercial success has gotten harder to figure out yes. during the years. It used to be very clear what these movies' budgets were. We oftentimes don't know. And so now we have a more like flexible approach to that issue. Yeah. So it, and it is the movie's budget against its North American take, its U.S. take. Yeah, that's so, the other yeah. thing. Like the the way that they earn revenue is a little. It's much more heavily foreign. Whereas once upon a time, yeah. it was like you know a fifty fifty kind of split. So anyway, we just make a judgment call when it comes up at the end of the year when we recap yeah. and and. S- Work out the scores. And there's plenty of other predictions that we make that, that can earn one points depending on how generous either partner is to the other person. Yeah. Uh, again, with my partner already in a patronizing mood to my ability, I, maybe this is a good way for me to sneak in lots of extra points via predictions. Sure. So <laughs> we, as we sit here, it's Memorial Day today. Right. And so we're, we're there's, um, we'll be starting with June movies. Um, but some were, stuff has come out that we yeah. can just sort of talk about because as we've said for a number of years, the summer movie movie season now seems to begin at Easter. Yeah. Feels that way. I should also mention that so a couple exceptions at the, at the beginning of this is um, we don't normally talk about kids' movies right. or things like that. It's It usually tends to be, you know, I don't, not all blockbusters, but comedies and action things and all the kind of summer fair you think. Yeah. Did we, did we, I mean, again, and, and, and historically, we used to use the Entertainment Weekly magazine summer movie preview as our guide, but yeah. that magazine has been defunct. Yeah. And they can't use COVID <laughs> as an excuse because, yeah, they were going in the tubes before COVID. Yeah. I actually did find, though, in research and releases, Entertainment Weekly do have a website. Well, it's easy, and, I guess. Well, but here's the interesting thing. When you go into it and start sort of type in summer movies, they have a summer movie preview section. Mm-hmm. 
And I'd assumed it would have been like the magazine, but yeah. it's not. You just click on it and you get sent to whatever some article is about some film. Oh, weird. But there isn't some sort of central database of yeah. what's coming out They haven't when. done their own writing on it, I guess. Yeah. That's the cheap way to run your magazine when it goes defunct. <laughs> Um, so, but, but one of the things that did come out this past weekend, and I suggest that we talk for a couple minutes, is the uh, Little Mermaid, the live-action remake of the Little Mermaid, um, meaning Once Upon a Time. It was an animated movie. Right? I forget what year. 1988, because uh, I saw it in the cinema. Why'd you do that? That was with a girl. <laughs> well, it's interesting. So I had not real. So there was an article in the Post this, uh, this maybe it was on Friday, talking about it. Oh, 89, 1989 release. So, well, there you go. I mean, I was correct. <clears throat> Just generally correct. I was with a young woman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that year makes all the difference. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is what goes to, like, so. The, the, <laughs> I have the bell. Yeah. It's not the, a punchline bell. The, uh, I had not realized that that was the beginning of New Disney. That, like, you know, they've got all these movies we've had. No, I didn't either. Yeah, like, it's it's, so, you, like, Beauty and the Beasts and Pocahontas and all these things that came up. And, and apparently when this movie was getting made, there was strong skepticism as to whether it was going to work. First of all, I think whoever was, was it Zuckberg or somebody was head of, uh, or was it Iger's head of I think, of it, I think it was time, Eisner, wasn't it? And said, basically, um, you know. Uh, young girls don't go to movies. You know, all the boys go to the movies, and so that nobody. This isn't going to do. Don't don't get your hopes up on this. And then at some point, they didn't want to do it because Splash had come out not long right, before. That's right. Yeah, with uh, Tom Hanks. Splash is eighty five uh, or eighty six. Yeah, a different thing, but it blew them all away. It did amazing money, and then from there on out, that became the Disney machine of the prince you know like they talk about the princesses and like they're just not just the movies but the amount of money they're making off of materials and you know you can buy that the treasure box of all the princesses outfits kind of thing because they star wars that yeah 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 well i mean you make an interesting point there about about the business of cinema it was around that time that disney had spun off touchstone movies Mm mm-hmm so that was one of their subdivisions and that was focusing on more adult fare yeah yeah and so with what you've just said, I, I did not I did not know what you just told me. You, you could make an argument, perhaps, that Disney were, were more focused on getting into the real movie yeah, business. I think so. And I, I'm trying to think. I, you know, when obviously we are both men of indeterminate middle age. So my formative years of going to the cinema, there is this notion that every Disney film you've seen has been in existence for a number of years. Right, right. Do you know what I mean? So when well, that's why I like all those movies. And because the kids all watch it at home over and over again, yeah. it, it muddles, like, the, the movie release aspect of it. And, yeah. You know, so many times you'd see it over and over again. And then even the fact that, like, for example, I kept reading them over, waiting for it to get to Frozen, and then I... Of course, Frozen is not a Disney movie. No, is that it's a, like, yeah, that's a Pixar? I think a Pixar. So, yeah. like, it's just, it's like a substance out there is the kids animated movie with the young heroine and doing all these wonderful things. And then there's been some political backlash on this new one and the backlash to the backlash because of all kinds of stupid things that we deal with in 2023. Uh, but so I won't. So, we're not going to get into that, but no. I am going to pose this question to you, though. It, it does maybe it's not a question, it's a statement. It does appear to me that Disney's new stick is just to now take all their old movies and sort of rediddle them. Yeah. And but not just remake the cartoons, obviously because that is far too uninspiring. Right. Yeah, like are you just gonna draw a new picture? But I mean they've now done they've now done some sort of vague reversion of Jungle Book. Obviously, we had Lion King from a couple of years ago. Didn't they do a Beauty and the Beast 
live See, that, type of I thing or some, I don't know, yeah. yeah or CGI'd version or something yeah. like that. So this one this one has a, I don't even know, we're not going to do it all this stuff. There's like a bunch of big stars into it, and um, I think it's gotten good reviews, but I, and I'm sure, and make decent chance the thing makes the most movie of getting money. You know, one of the things we do at the end of this is say which one's going to make the most money, but we're not going to. We're not going to do that, that for this one because this is before the, yeah. our Memorial Day deadline. But it is interesting, you know, I, you know the Fast and Furious released, there's, I think, Guardians of the Galaxy came out in May, but out of all of these, yeah, to your point, I think Little Mermaid is the one that's going to sit there and could potentially at least dominate the front end of the summer, even though it's not in our preview. Right. And I wouldn't know how to classify it, because we did review Lion King, even though, because we, 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 we have to historically, yeah, we, we've, had a, we've historically had a no animated movie, kids movie rule. Which, right. which, which which you said earlier. But I think we did do Lion King because it sort of sat out there as this weird sort of outlier. But as it turns out, it's not an outlier at all. Yeah. I'm going to make a statement. This is now how Disney's doing business. Yeah. Well, so get yeah. ready for a someone dressed up as a fox as Robin Hood. How about that for a triple header? Be pretty, Isn't you know, Robin Hood a fox in we, the We original? have a Wes Anderson movie coming up, but it would be pretty funny to have like yeah. Wes Anderson <laughs> doing like a stop action animation yeah. type of thing with which all would, these stuff. Which, which we would include. Yeah. So uh, the first movie we're going to talk about, you you had not originally had on the list, and I thought no. it was worth it. There's another animated movie. I think you wrote it off as a kid's movie. And I, I have just explained. Just, we do not do animated yeah. movies. But I but I saw the first one of these, and okay. I thought it was pretty good. And okay. it's... it's uh, uh, well, I, I, let's see. I can't remember. I don't even think I watched the trailer on it, so we're just going to throw it on. See what and to show you the type of competitor I am, I'm happy to be judged on this as well. I'm going to give you an opinion. And things are going great. Oh, yeah. You were supposed to be here at five. All right, whatever. Whatever? Wow. Whatever? So are you like a cow or a Dalmatian? I am the spot. <laughs> That's not funny. Don't, don't do that. Miles' grades are pretty Anyway, good. so this is Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Okay. So, like, what the... Miles. So... He's lying to you, and I think you know it. I think that's Rachel Dratch. But, um, anyway, it's, it's um, this in this one, Spider-Man is uh, another young man, but African-American man. And, okay. And in the prior one, like, basically... I forget how he gets exposed to all these alternative universe Spider-Man, Spider-People. Um, and so I guess the same thing's happening there. It's, you know, this multidimensional stuff, which I haven't seen the regular Star Wars. If you look like this, part of this thing is like everybody's a Spider-Man in like slightly different variation. Okay. And it was it was really pretty entertaining to the point where like the animations were different from. I don't know. They haven't gotten to it yet. But last time they had like a Porky the Pig Spider-Man. And it was like even the animations were done differently. It was, really? It was pretty cool. Okay. Do you? And, let me ask you a question. You obviously know a little bit about this. You said you saw the last one. Mm-hmm. Do you, I, I'm presuming that with all these things, you can just get in on the ground floor. I think so. And yeah, yeah, like so, for myself, who really hasn't seen a Spider-Man movie since Tobey Maguire's first, right? I'm not going to be lost. Yeah, no. You, you watch the first one, like put, throw it on there. Like I'm sure it's available streaming. It's it's pretty entertaining. This one looks like it might be a little bit more serious. I'm going to make a general statement now, just looking at the trailer, which you've added to the playlist, and mm-hmm. it can be found there. As I keep saying, it will be embedded in the blog post, and where however you listen to this, you'll just be able to click on, and you'll be able to take into it, whether you're Spotify, iTunes, what have you, Google Play. The animation. I don't know. Again, this is part of my age, and we've just had discussion about Disney. Spider-Man looks to me 
in my mind, as Spider-Man. Spider-Man. That's animated Spider-Man. This looks doesn't look like that. So therefore, in my mind, my mind tells me, ooh, this is a knockoff. But it's obviously not a knockoff. It's the real no, thing. No, it's the real thing, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's very, like, uh, flashy kind of um, modern d- animation. I'm ready to make a prediction because that's right. who I am. Sure, okay. This thing's going to make a ton of money because yeah. I bet you the cost was low. Just yeah. a couple of animators you can rip off. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I, you know, it's going to sit comfortably in the 70 to 80% range of Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be a runaway. Right. But it's it's going to pass the test because, again, with all things Marvel, although this is a Sony Marvel release to get right. hung up it's, on the whole thing because yeah, Spider-Man yeah. is part of the Marvel Universe where the rights are owned by Sony Columbia. Yeah. So it's a Sony release. But, again, it's Marvel, this stuff. Although, to be fair, I think Guardians of the Galaxy got hammered uh, Critically. Yeah. It's the worst performing out of all of them yeah. from the critics and also financially. Well, so it's interesting. Maybe maybe my longstanding wisdom that was Marvel. There's a reasonable possibility that uh, Marvel is stumbling a little bit here. Okay. And, uh, um, and, and we'll find I, out. I don't we, think there's a Marvel. The Marvel movie, The Marvels, is coming out after the summer. Yes. The, so in fact, know if, no, the, we the have summer, a No, we do not. We have a whole load of DC yes, properties. which is, uh, well, let's, let's. Well, we'll come to that. Not there yet. So. Right. That's the bell to officially kick it off. We did that was sort of like a taster prediction, mm-hmm. All a, right. an amuse bouche of predictions. Next one. That's annoying. They have these like uh, just the trailers. For centuries, our kind has stayed hidden on Earth, but darkness has found us again. the fate of all living things. And it's a talking gorilla for anybody who was curious. It's yeah, a talking not... Transformer gorilla. So that's the Transformers. Transformers. I think people were recognized yeah. because they're talking about Prime. It's set in 1994, which I can't remember if the other ones were set earlier or later. Uh, so I don't know if this is like a flashback or a prequel or what it is. I'm going to presume it's probably a prequel. Back up. Oh, I thought we were boys. A human here. I think that's Optimus Prime. Right? Uh, yeah. Because in a moment I'm going to let you speak first because you've seen some of these films. I have not. Yeah. This is not our war. Anyway. So like, there's a bunch of transformer animals. Yeah, transformer animals that have been sort of in hibernation. I'm of the understanding. Yeah, and have now been unleashed. Or have shown up at across first, the earth. I didn't. Um, I thought like maybe that was a goofy spin-up. Like the last Transformer movie was heavily panned. In fact, I, I was looked back at the history. First of all, I didn't realize that. So we, we got this will be this will be the number five? sixth six. Okay, yeah. six. Uh, and that doesn't include the Bumblebee specific movie. So there's right. really been seven of these movies. So the first was in 2007. We got 2009. Um, these I didn't realize, but all the first five were done by Michael Bay. Bay. I thought I knew he did the beginning. Ones, I, thought but I thought he, he did had the first out. three, and yeah, I thought he bailed out. He but did, he was around he did for five. But he's he not doing this one. He was around for the Anthony Hopkins Transformers. Yeah, I cannot believe those three words have appeared in the yes. same sentence. And that one was very <laughs> bad. Like so, so like basically, the first one did seven hundred million. The uh, the 
Second one did something Anthony more than Hopkins. that. 2011, to three and four each did a billion. And then 2017 is considered a bomb. It did $600 million, but it had a very high budget like these do. And then uh, Bumblebee did better, although oh, it, it, was much, it was a much lower budget okay. on that one. And now this one is being directed by Stephen Capel, who is best known for directing Creed II. Um, there's... Uh, um, what is oh I, the main star there is a guy who's done a lot of stage work apparently was a was in Hamilton I think the original cast um, and there's actually another one already in the pipe for coming in yes I read I read that and this is one if if if, if I can cut in there in terms of cast the, all the stars seem to be the people voicing the 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 special effects characters so mm-hmm. you've got Ron Perlman Pete Davidson and a few other people they are your sort of your, your, how should I put it? A minus listers. They're the ones doing the voiceover work, so you're saving a bit of money there. And then a whole load of people like the dude from Hamilton, Dominique Fishback. Probably, probably have to be super they're, duper they're not costing budget. you a lot of money, right? Yeah. This is not Bruce Willis doing your movie for seven million. Uh, yeah, so it seems quite an interesting. It, it, it seems quite an interesting sort of concept and yeah. how to put it together. As you can see, the Bay is Michael Bay is still involved. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I briefly, so I was starting to say that the, the animals. I thought this was just some made up thing. It turns out that this was a whole segment of the Transformer toys. Oh, and okay. Comic books. It was the animals. Yeah. which I guess so. I mean, to me, by definition, like the whole thing of them, they're supposed to turn from machines because they transform. I'm not sure why an animal has to transform. In fact, I'm not even sure what they transform to or from. I don't know if the animal forms that we saw there are actually transformed I, from something else the, they, the, the fact that you're attempting to have this conversation yeah. with me a uh uncovers my ignorance of it and b uncovers i just pity you well yeah. you haven't had, yeah. you, i have no clue about this sort of thing so so i, so I did see the other ones and I, the first one in particular i mean i'm, I'm gonna say where's shia labeouf is yeah, it he in well, these movies no, that shows you how little i know yeah well he was in the first one and it was maybe one of his best roles of where's marky mark yeah yeah uh, yeah that was not a good actually thing. can i quickly shout out an, a very unfortunate a little scene shia labeouf movie have you ever seen um He's in a movie about Bjorn Borg and John McEnroe, uh-huh. and he's terrific as McEnroe. Oh, play McEnroe. He plays McEnroe. Terrific. Right. Yeah. Anyway, so um, they were pretty. When they first came out, it was it, it was huge. Yeah, I'm gonna say first it was, it was a, huge. It was a level in 2007. It was a level of like. Because Marky Mark ended up in one. Yeah, well, but it was like the CGI element of it really made it something unique. And yeah. it was, and it had a lot of playfulness to it and all that jazz. And uh, I think uh, it was Goldblum, no, not Goldblum, or no, it was the, uh, the guy, the guy, um, oh, I know the actor, but I forget his okay. name. Turturro, John Turturro. He was in, in yes. Um, but I, at this point, when I watched this, the trailer, it's not. No, it's just another film in it. looking, right? No, it's yeah, just, like, the, just yo, like, yeah, no. just, okay, sure, they're flying around and blowing up. I'm like, I don't really see anything new here other than the fact that some of them are apes and birds and stuff. So I, I think with that in mind, one, it says to the quality of special effects and how everything has sort of come in line. And also, I mean, remember there was that, that there are a couple of Pacific Rims that, again, as someone who doesn't watch any of these movies, yeah. I had presumed was sort of like a Transformer bandwagon jump. Mm-hmm. Uh but yes, I. So I think we have a point here. We've just come out of a, discuss, a very quick sort of throwaway comment about Marvel. The budget on this thing is two hundred million. Is that right? That is a lot of money. 
That is a lot of money. Yeah. Okay. Even even for a film that is clearly scrimped and scraped a little uh, a little bit on its human cast members, that's a lot of money. This movie is going to be a financial and critical bomb. I'm going to drop my first double bomb. Hmm. If you just you just go down, just go down. It says the budget is two hundred million. Yeah. Well, I wanted to see what the last night, which is the one they did before, was. I don't see it offhand. Yeah, because like like I mentioned, they said that six hundred million in take they classified as a bomb. There might have been a lot. Because and I'm going to tell you why I'm going to posit this theory because I don't believe Transformers is one of those things. And 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 to be fair, it has been five years since the Bumblebee spinoff movie. I now going to classify Transformers along with Ninja Turtles, where those movies are best if they disappear for twelve years and then get rebooted and come back. I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced. There is a very large Transformers uh, fan base out there who have been hanging on religiously, waiting for the next Transformers. Which is, which to be fair, is kind of what happens with Marvel. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to drop a double bomb. I'm I, that that two hundred million is a big number. I'm going to say critical bomb, but I'm going to say financially it's going to make the money. I think this might be one of these franchises we don't realize. Like we just no, oh, okay, we just presume. Like, right? yeah. well, okay, no, it that's looked, a good argument. It looked a little, it looked a little um, fast and the furious to me there, like with the the driving and stuff. And like, okay, maybe that's, that's okay. something. Which, by the way, when we I was over, uh, my significant other and I were over in Rome, and um, we noticed one night that the Colosseum was all lit up in like spotlights and stuff. And it turns out they were having the Fast and Furious premiere at oh, the wow. Colosseum while we were there because apparently part of it's set in Rome. So. Il Fasto e Furiosi. That's you, Italian for Fast and Furious. I mean, did you just make up an Italian thing or does it actually? <laughs> I channeled you doing an Italian <laughs> accent. <laughs> all right, so that's Transformers. Let's move along. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let me get back to that tab. And what oh, we and, and I might as well say it before you play it. We actually now we have a comic comic book property yep. that is now about to appear. I lost my parents. That pain made me who I am. Spent a lifetime trying to right the wrongs of the past. We'll let this one play for a little As bit. Yeah, give all the pieces. Would bring my parents back. You actually did it. I can't imagine what you've been through. I love you, Mikey. <laughs> you lost both parents in one day. Barry! This is the Flash, which uh, if people 
I thought he had already had a movie, but I, you know, I was thinking. No, I think he's I was, had a TV series. I was thinking of Shazam. I think Shazam has had a movie. Yes, I but made I, the same mistake the as well. Outfit, but but I did know. Because like, I think the actor who played Shazam was Barry in real life, and then I got confused when I kept seeing Barry, which is the Flash's. Oh, like regular name, yeah, yeah, yeah. Basic poster so, name. But there is a Flash TV series. So, but also, he was in uh, Justice League okay. and in uh, Batman versus Superman. Okay. Um, and uh, Did he well, show up in Harley Quinn and all that? There lot? was a suicide, the first Suicide, suicide. Squad. Was he not in, the, is he like, in? Not the Suicide No, there was <laughs> a second one with all loads of people in it. Yeah, said when he was in it. Yeah. He's not in that one. He's in the prior He's one. He's in the prior one, okay. Which, which I think was... Considered worse. And again, I'm desperately trying to keep up with you because if I don't do Transformers, I really don't do comic book yeah. stuff to any extent. So, but. so I was. Uh, well, first of all, we should explain that the first voice that people didn't recognize it is uh, Michael Keaton, who of course was the original Batman, right? And then what happens is this is yet another movie of these uh, like multiple dimension stuff because hey. there's a scene where he's next to himself, and apparently Ben Affleck is in it also. In the sense that basically they're all like he changes something so Batman is a different prior Batman actor in different parts of the movie. And like right there, the the woman he's talking to is Superman or Superwoman or whatever she's going to be going by. So it's like re- Jiggering a whole, and the, the, um, the voice there of Zod is um, Michael Shannon. He's in it from from, from the original Superman, not the original and a, Superman, and but the more Gal, recent Superman. Gal Gadot will be making an appearance yeah, too. Wonder, apparently, sure as Wonder rule. Woman. Yeah. Uh, but but Jeremy Irons is in it as an Alfred because yes. we now have had multiple. Yeah, we had uh, Alfreds. Yeah. So this is like, you know, and he goes back. I didn't realize the it's Flash. It's going to be a parlor game. Match the Alfred with the Batman. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go right into it. I, when I first saw this, I was like, no way that this is going to be good. But I tell you what, the trailer makes it look like it could be good. Um, this kid, and we'll have to talk about this guy because he's the actor is a little bit of a whack job. But the, um, uh, although he may be getting better now, but uh, um, he, but. It looks well done and well acted. If it may, oh, by the way, Buster, Ke- um, not, not Buster, Michael Keaton. You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Isn't that from Beetlejuice? Yes. Okay. If you want to get nuts, let's get nuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's Michael. So Ke- that actually sounds like Jack Nicholson doing yeah, that's, that's doing Joker from Batman, there, but, but also Michael Keaton film. <laughs> um, I, I will say this because you, you already sound like you're leaning towards it. So I don't know much about any of this stuff. So now I'm going to come at it from a very traditional sort of film uh, red alert alarms going off. I get that many films in Hollywood go through a number of script writers and directors before someone ends up doing it. I get that. But this one has been through all kinds of different hands of people who you would go, oh, I wouldn't mind seeing their version. For example, I'm going to shout out Solo, A Star Wars Story to you. Mm -hmm. That was directed by Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, who I think did the Lego movie. They were originally rolling with his property for over years and then bailed out to do Star Wars. Uh, Zack Snyder's been involved, not involved, got involved again. Five different directors have worked with the film in startup phase, then walked away from it, then had someone else come in, then rewrite it, then bring in their script people. I am... The film 
the film's script has moved all over the place in terms of what it should be. There was a director attached for the longest time a couple of years ago called Rick Famiyawa, who I think has been involved... He's been involved in another franchise property, which I can't find right here, but he and the studio had had disagreements with with the overall tone and direction of the film. He wanted to make a grown-up, very mature adult superhero movie that the studio didn't. So here, my, my point here is... Well, that trailer sure looked like it was the grown-up I, version. I get that. Uh, my concern here is there have been so many different chefs in the kitchen with a property that for... And again, I put myself in the minority because I think a whole load of more people are familiar with The Flash than I am, I worry that this film, I don't know. I don't know. And I worry a little bit that it feels like it wants to be sort of an Infinity War with all these people showing up from different timelines, which is the current thing. Mm -hmm. And there is a fine line between it being the last live-action Spider-Man movie that got away with it and a whole lot of other movies that kind of don't. I, I'm just worried. I, I'm just worried for it. Um, and again, it's easy for me to be worried because it's not. It, it's it's not sort of a, a property I'm that interested in. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think it's going to be critical success and a financial success. I think. Really? I think. I think part of this is what we we're talking about the Marvel. Like, I don't know that Marvel has really figured out where to go since it's the stuff. I know they're going into their 5.0 and they have all these great big plans, but I'm not sure. I think there's room for this, particularly without an, a, a superhero movie. I think this one's going to do well, and I think it's I think it's going to get good reviews because it's got good actors in it. The budget is two, is over two hundred million, which right there oh. is a number that I start getting a bit nervy about. Yeah, I'm not worried about that. I'm for the sake of the game. <laughs> I'm going to say it's going to bomb, but I think but I think no, <laughs> no. I'm going to go against everything I've just said. I think the critics are going to kind of give it a wide path a little bit. They're going to give it a bit of a free free path, I should mm-hmm. say. The fact that there is this, again, we've name-dropped a whole load of people who we think are going to be in it. The one who you see in the trailer is Michael Keaton. So there's a certain sort of nostalgia factor there, a nostalgia curiosity that I think might give the critics, who tend to be older, like us, and who remember, oh, he was the first movie well, plus Batman. Plus, he's done a bunch blah, of good blah, blah, movies yes. the past bunch of years. Yes. So that's the thing. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, really yes. ripened into his older age, This like a very, very... So I'm going to say critical up, financial down. And under normal circumstances, I'd go the other way around. Yeah. I'm going to put a little sub-note here. Sure. That that is an insane proposition that you have just come up with. Okay. There, because the notion that a superhero movie is going to be critically well-reviewed and then not make money? Okay. I mean, look, there's got to be a first time for everything. Eric says... Says Zeph's Zeph mental. Go for it. Is crazy. It's crazy. All right, that's yep. a prediction. Let's see if that so, comes true or not. Speaking of crazy, the, the, the guy, Ezra, um, and I should say, okay, so I, I, I'm not going to do this right because I just read this recently and so I haven't got my brain around it, but he is a uh, they... Meaning he's not oh, okay. he or she, uh, and uh, has a whole history of some weirdness. Um, I think he's gotten some legal trouble. He's now being accused of sexual assaults and things hey. like that. But he's gone in for like mental health treatment now okay. at this point. So maybe this is like a general thing. But you know what? You know what makes really good actors and actresses? 
mental health problems. Mental health problems, <laughs> okay. It does not hurt, you know, that there's a little bit of a problem there. And yet it doesn't seem to have any effect on people's ability to win the summer movie preview because you've just said that I'm making some crazy predictions there you go. There you and go. I am two, Maybe eight, be one. I mean, listen, if you get that one right, you might, you know, deserve a bonus point at that point. Are you going to go down to see this? You're far more comic book... And I don't mean this in a sort of playing I, the game and critical sense. Does it, does generally it, speaking, I don't see these in the theater anyway. I mean, I got a big okay. enough TV now, but I for sure will turn it on and specifically watch. I watched all the other ones. Actually, did we go to see the new, the more recent Batman? No, and that's one I want to watch. Yeah, I can't. But I've stayed clear of. I I don't know. I'm very sort of. I was for. I think. Uh, what's the name of the DC character who's the lawyer who's blind? Netflix had. Two seasons of that. I ended up getting sucked into that and I was quite entertained. Wasn't Ben Affleck in the movie version of it? I don't know. I'll, I'll come back to that. Yeah. Um, so there we go. Here's here's a serious gear change. Yeah. You're not here. We're not there. The car exploded. Come get the girls. I have to stay here with Woodrow. I'm not the chauffeur. I'm the grandfather. Where are you? Asteroid City, Farm Route 6, Mile 75. Make it practically. I mean, if you don't really know, it's a West Anderson movie. and space cadets. Each year, we celebrate Asteroid Day, commemorating September 23rd, 3007 BC, when the arid plains meteorite made Earth impact. That's Mitch Campbell. You're very good in the one about the tramp in the brothel who gets amnesia. Thank you. Pediatrician, you are very awesome. Actually, maybe my favorite character ever. I don't know why nobody else liked it. Oh. What do those pulses indicate? What? Oh, the beeps and blips? We don't know. Some of our information about outer space may no longer be completely accurate. Anyway, there's still only nine planets in the solar system as far as we know, Billy. Except now there's an alien. Anyway, I, like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can watch the trailer a million times and it doesn't make sense, but you're right. It does tell you it's a Wes Anderson yeah. movie, and yeah. maybe that's where, 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 how we end up will come down to all of this. It's yeah. called Asteroid City. Um, the whole gang of people who've worked with him before, including Jason Schwartzman, Jeffrey Wright, Tilda Swinton, Edward Norton, Adrian Brody, William Dafoe, Jeff Goldblum, and some people working for, with him, I think, for the very first time. I think this is the first time. Tom Hanks yeah. has worked with him. And I think this might also be the first time Scarlett Johansson, who was in the trailer, has is has worked with him. Yeah. I will say, looking at the trailer, Scarlett, Scarlett Johansson looking now very much like a young Annette Benning, which I think is an interesting movie thing. Margot Margot <laughs> Robbie also movie. in it. Steve Carell in it in it with him. No, I think he's used Steve Carell as a voiceover. In Fantastic Mr. Fox or Isle of Dogs or one of those others. Uh-huh. So, again, it's Brian Cranston, I think, has worked with um, I mean, Wes Anderson to before. me, like I, I wrote down in my notes here, is this too many famous people in it? Like, I mean, no, because there's what was no the way last we're going to get did, more than like 30 seconds or something. What was people? the last one he did about the newspaper, which had a cast of huge, came out sort of at the back end of COVID and didn't do very well. Yeah. The one about the newspaper, it was called The Great Something or Other, I can't remember. But Wes Anderson movie, and and again, I'm going to say this about Wes Anderson, you either like his films or you don't. I happen to like them a lot, and I will will be lining up at the cinema to see them. Uh, Other people in my household, unfortunately, do not, are are far more judgmental of... 
Wes Anderson movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but talking of cast, here is a quote from cast member Fisher Stevens said the film would include the wildest cast since the bridge on the River Kwai. Yeah. That's a pretty <laughs> heavy statement right there. Uh, bridge of, on the River Kwai, one of the greatest movies ever made, uh, as an aside. I think, is Michael Sarah in this? Or he was, yeah, I think yeah, the, he's in, I mean, just. The French Dispatch was the, the, French was, dispatch, was the newspaper yeah. one. Before that was Isle of Dogs, Grand Budapest Hotel, <sighs> Moonrise Kingdom, Fantastic Mr. Fox, Darjeeling Unlimited, Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou's, Royal Tannenbaum's, Rushmore, Bottle Rocket. When I die, I, mean, I want them to play Rushmore when everyone's drinking after. Just oh, to yeah? have it on okay. the screen. Yeah, I'd love, I'd, for me, I'll that's write one that of those. The corner of this page please write that down. I, uh, Rushmore for me is one of those like yeah it just speaks to me in a way but it's very rare i don't think i've ever sat through a movie of his some are better than others yeah i've only uh i've never sat through one of his films and gone they're not very good i think he always gets away with it somehow because he has such a unique style well i'm gonna make a, i'm gonna make my prediction now and let you talk and then come back yeah uh, it's gonna be critically well acclaimed because mm-hmm. They t- he tends to get good reviews. I have no idea what the budget is. It's not going to make any money. So not a financial yeah, success. I and I don't see- say that with any... I want it to make money. I want it to be successful. I, I just think... Let me say this now. And to come back to how we play the game. I think Wes Anderson movies make, make more than enough money worldwide... But I think his North American marketplace is just any some other indie movie. And I think as he's got more ambitious and bigger and bigger casts, because remember, if you go back to Bottle Rocket, it's one of the, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, you go back to... I don't to think he has to really pay these people regular stuff, right? Like, no, I mean, he, there's no way all those people are appearing and getting, you know, they're, they just got to be like, they're just excited to be there. People in Europe love Wes Anderson movies. Yeah. And what I'm saying is, so my point here is in terms of his worldwide number, he'll make more than enough money where some studio wants to remain well, yeah, in the West Anderson Obviously, business. he'd make enough money. But again, our game is North American well, box office. Hold on a second. I, when did that? I don't think that's the way we've been playing lately. No, but what I'm saying is, but what thing, I'm saying but, is, because our game is North American box office, I think it will be a financial down by our game. But I think it will I'm make not money sure that, overall. That was our game anymore. Once we like lost track of budgets and stuff like that, I thought it's we were winning our that game. financial It's been stuff. our game through this episode. Don't change the rules. Big I didn't way. think it was our game. What, what do you think I was saying? Uh, the well, the Flash is a good example. But all right, fine. You want to say it? Okay, we're going to rule change here. I'll put another night rule change. Um, It'll be a critical. Although I will tell you, I I do have. First of all, let me say this. Um, to, to quote Seth, let me say this. Please, please <laughs> the, do. Yeah, um, it, it, he's IP of his own. Like this is what yeah, I was realizing is like it's like all these other movies are series. Well, shoot, his may as well be series. I mean, sure, they're not story contiguous, no, no, but they essentially right. are the same stuff, and so that's why people keep coming out to get them, just the same way they I, like, you know, Marvel movies. Oh, um, it's going to be that. I, don't, yeah. I have no idea who these characters are, but I'll go ahead and go to that because I know it's going to be done a certain way. He is. You're right. He's a director who people go, I'm watching his. So I'll start with that. The tech, At some point, I, I wonder whether the critics are going to bite them at some point. I don't think this is going to be it. But I, like you know like it's it's like every time I'm flipping a coin or maybe it's not a coin like a 1 in 6 chance that eventually they're going to go we've done this already. Wes, like is this is this going to be it? Like I I know half of these reviews are going to be along the lines of, well, you know what you're getting and 
I like it, you know. But I want to. I want to make a serious, like, no, we're not being serious. A serious sort of, if uh, critical evaluation of cinema. Some Woody Allen movies are better than others, but I think Wes Anderson now is on that. What's that word? Auteur, a u t e u r. Yeah, he's on that track like Woody Allen, where he's got his base. It's kind of bulletproof. The the only comparison will ever be. Not as good as he is now of the extent to your point, he's yeah. his own IP. He only gets compared against himself. Yeah. So this movie might come out and they might go, Yeah, it doesn't reach the high, the the imaginative highs of life aquatic. I'm just making right, up. Right, right. But that'll be the comparison in the way that a Woody Allen movie comes out and goes, Yeah, this is no any hole. So, you know, actually I feel safer on this one because I'm gonna imagine this is this is more straight ahead, I think, than the French dispatch. And so probably the cri- the critics will be like, Oh, yeah, this is what we always count on, like I don't think so because the French Dispatch felt almost... It feels like it was almost Wes Anderson parodying himself. Yeah. Like, it, like it got a bit. It's not my favorite. I still yeah. I watch it. I like it. Yeah. But as long as it's be critically fine, I, I I feel like you know if we're gonna play North America, I, I do agree it's gonna financial digit. But I can't imagine it costs really that much money. As long as they have financial success. Okay. Um, I'll be heading down to the cinema. To- yeah. Love that. I don't see. I don't know big, if no, I'm, I'm going to go to cinema, but you know. Big West Anderson fan. Yeah. I think what do we have next? I also went to tell, but I can't remember what it was. Uh, let's see. I next. think we only have, we only have uh, oh, no, we have two more left in the month. Yeah. All right. Which is perfect because we've done 40 minutes. This show is always a two parter as I kill timers by partner fiddles with the technology. Well, it's, we're getting through an ad. This here. is a, uh, a two part episode, so we'll release this one. You'll listen to this, and then in a couple we'll of weeks, come back and find the second part. Bring yourself away. My God, that's awful. Vehicle's registered to Maggie Moore. You say Maggie Moore? Two dead Maggie Moores one week apart. Yeah, that's weird. Mr. Moore? Can I help you? Uh, I'm looking for Jane Moore. He's not here. They're separated. Oh. Big fight. You need to leave. Oh, I need to leave? This is my house, Maggie! She did yell the word filth. I caught that. Well, Jane Moore's into something. My wife is threatening to go to the cops. I would like you to scare her. What's a little weird about this movie is they tell you all the main plot beats in a way that I would, but that means means that's not must not be the point of the movie. Well, it says it's inspired by true events. Remember? Yeah. Oh, I see. There's two Maggie Moores in the system. What are the odds of that? Maggie 1 mistake for Maggie 2, or is Maggie 2 to cover for Maggie 1? If we remove the second Maggie more, it'll make it look like my Maggie was just a mistake. We gotta make it look like it was an accident, and I'm off the hook. I pretty clearly said scare her, not set her on fire. Somebody out there is really good at what they're doing. All right. Oh, she looks like he's been... So, so, this is like Maggie, just, Maggie like, Moores. Yeah, so we got a... Um, John Hamm John is Hamm. the main person. Uh, his assistant is the is the guy from uh, Ted Lasso. Yes, he played the assistant coach who's gone off to be the bad guy. Which Nick is, Muhammad. Yeah, and then we had Tina Fey there, and John Slattery, who is the director. His name is uh, was Madman co-star with uh, with the, John Hamm. Uh, John Hamm doesn't direct it as much. I mean, he's done a couple of directing, but he's not like really deep in this stuff. To me, this looks a little like, um, or I think uh, John Hamm is finding a little role of, you know, quirky 
law enforcement guy, like between this and the, well, I guess he was a PI and the Fletch, uh, wasn't Fletch Lives? Fletch, what was the Fletch movie he did that was just straight to Oh, the, the Showtime Fletch, which actually was relatively yeah, was really enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah, I can't yeah. remember what it was called, but he played Fletch, which I actually think, and he played it in such a way that you could enjoy it. And not in your mind, if you're of a certain age, make Chevy Chase comparison. No, no, it's like a to- it, they're both based on the same book, but like you know, Chevy Chase that is like a slapstick thing, and this was more like quirky guy kind of thing. It's not Fletch Lives. I think it's no get um, me Fletch or something like that. Anyway, um, so I, 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 I so I'm well, not sure. Like with the, because of the fact they tell you all the spots, like I'm, I'm not, it can't be a spoiler that in the trailer they're like, okay, this guy did have his wife killed and then did kill a second Maggie Moore to try to cover it up kind of thing. Because we figure we get, there's two dead Maggie Moores and he says right in this trailer that so I'm like, well, uh, I guess, you know, the, 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 the point of the movie can't be like a mystery, right? <laughs> it's gotta be, you know, whatever goes around it, whether it's, I mean, it definitely seems like it's, it's black comedy, right? You know, that, that dark comedy kind of thing. So. I, yes. And I'm sorry, I, I want to say what the Fletch thing is, and so I'm desperately flipping through, through struggling. So here's the thing, and, and this now comes about Confess Fletch. That's what Confess it was Fletcher. Every summer, every summer, there is a quirky, offbeat, offbeat indie-style comedy which attempts to riff on an existing genre. A couple of... D- Couple that we thrown out there. Uh, what was that one last year with what's his name from The Office about the podcast murders and everything? Yeah, that's what made me. Th- th- right. That's actually what I was thinking of too, and that did then, not do well. No, there was the zombie one with Bill Murray and Adam Driver that, that Jim Jarmusch got involved in, and it was like a zombie comedy. And I watched it and it gave me a chuckle. It didn't do very well. All that said, this is clearly a film based on a true story, but, you know, Hollywood being meta, it, it's, it's that old, it looks like it's that old strangers on a train thing where people end up having to murder people as a favor to someone else yeah. as a way to do the crime and it all goes you know, wrong. It's, it's like a, um, yeah. Uh, what's this? What's uh, Alfred Hitchcock. No, no, I'm thinking of um, the more, the Coen brothers kind of thing. Yeah. Which is all that, that thing. Uh, I'm trying to find a budget because, like, the it's budget, not going to make a ton of money. No, and the budget isn't going to be very. The budget isn't going to be very big. I I think they're they're postered. Just take a note of this. The movie poster for them. It's a very. I don't know what you'd call it. Like it's sort of like a retro. Like this, the movie poster just has its own little thing going on here that maybe doesn't feel quite like the movie. Like it's. I think the budget's going to be low, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna come with a prediction. I I think it's going to be a double up because I think I think it's going to be relatively low. Mm-hmm. It ain't going to make a lot of money, but I think it will make back its budget. I don't think it's going to bomb because because I think it's going to be well reviewed, and I think unlike some of the films I've just shouted out, yeah, that, that tend to appear in the summer, these little offbeat, almost counter programming comedies. This one has enough heft to it with the likes of John Hamm and Tina Fey in it and the dude from Ted Lasso. Um, I'm, I'm just looking at some other... Oh, I'm, oh, I'm looking at a different page there. Up, yeah. I, I think that's just enough to rec- to rescue it. Although, to be fair, it's a risky proposition 
because every summer I want to get behind one of these films and every summer they disappear without trace. <laughs> that's just kind of weird. I mean, that's the thing. When we come back to and I hate to repeat what he's saying, is like, is there room for these movies anymore in the theaters? And, and that's the thing. I'm not know? sure. That's and, the trouble. Uh, so that's why I like our financial stuff is misleading because you really would like to know, okay, how much does then Netflix pay to have it on? And, you know, or if it's a Warner product and therefore it ends up on HBO, like, you know, like they don't really make their money in a way that you think about anymore. So like, what yeah, is what, the, thing what's the validity I, of the uh, measurement? Then here's the thing that I'm beginning to wonder. Obviously, there still must be a reason why these things get released as they get released. Right. So to come back to John Hatt, we talked about Confess Fletch. If I remember correctly, it was, I saw it on Showtime and I think it was done by like a Showtime sub- subsidiary company. Yeah. And I presumed it was straight, straight to cable. I think it put it like in the theaters. But like I think it was, a, yes. To see if they can and, win an and I'm starting to think that for films like this, I, Maybe don't get out of the summer movie marketplace because it ain't for you anymore. And, well, I, and, then, and I look at this film and I'm thinking, I don't, I don't need to go to the cinema to see this and enjoy this. Yeah. So what I'm saying is I think it gets across the line because the budget is so low. I think it's going to be well-reviewed. If it doesn't get across the line, I, I do believe that Hollywood are going to go, unless the budget is huge, not straight, well, but I'm, t- I don't know. I'm I don't saying know. it doesn't matter, right? Like, I mean, the thing is, maybe maybe you put it out in yeah, the summer right. just for the sake of the visibility. It's just like yeah, no, you're the right. advertising and people are going to see things and then they'll watch it when it shows up on their cable system yep. or, or their streaming service. Or Considering like that I've ordered it, well, no, that's... But here's the thing. This is coming out around the same time as Asteroid City. Yeah, and I'm not sure that's, true. that's, a, that's a demographic that's rolling down to the multiplex hey, back-to-back weekends. Get a double bill. You could just you know, sneak over from one theater to the next one. The that would be a very Wes Anderson thing to do. What's a double bill? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> double Sorry, feature. Double, what's a double feature? All right, last one in the month. Last one in part one. Uh, Perfect. We're 50 minutes in. Oh, did you make a prediction for Maggie Moore? I said the same thing. Critical and financial okay. success. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. More ads. More ads. Well, this uh, and you can tell that we've not been in the studio together for a while, so our, our timing is a bit off that I'm not killing time. First of all, I think it's weird they use this song. No, I, I, I want to make a comment about that as well. I'm retiring. Well, in that case, what are we drinking? Same for the goddaughter. Dad told me you found something. On a train during the war. A dial that could change the course of history. Why are you chasing the thing that drove your father crazy? Don't move. Please get out of here. Sorry. Dr. Jones, get him. Hitler made mistakes, and with this, I will correct them all. You stole it. Then you stole it. And then I stole it. It's called capitalism. This way. Fasten your seatbelt. As you can tell by the music. 
You're listening to the return of Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones to the screen alongside a whole load of James Bond people. Phoebe Waller-Bridge <laughs> is the female voice. She had a hand in writing No Time to Die and is apparently the inside person they're going to offer the director's chair to to bring in a new James Bond. That That's is big. all the talk on the internet. Also, Mad... Well, Mads, on the talk on some yeah. parts of oh, the internet. Parts of the, internet. Yeah. the parts that you're on. <laughs> Mads Mickelson, who is, of course, in Casino Royale, and mm-hmm. another dude there, quite briefly, Boyd Holbrook. Was that with the blonde hair yes, shooting up in the air? Yeah, yeah, the yeah, dude yeah. who shot Felix Leiter in No Time to Die as... In classic Marvel fashion, everyone in the James Bond universe got whacked. Spoiler. Um, yeah, the return of Indiana Jones, and they used... What Rolling Stones song is that one? Is um, it... Um, Sympathy for the Devil. Sympathy for the Devil, that's right. Um, to show that Indy is now a much older guy. Yeah, um, it is directed by James like, Mangold. So and, and people would see... There, it's clearly, and I think I read about this, it's set in two times, and they do a bunch of de-aging on yeah. for parts parts of the for movie. Of so it. I don't know how if it's going to be half and I, half or no, what it's going to be. No, I'm told that the de-aging is only for like the start of the film. It's okay. directed by James Mangold, who did Ford versus Ferrari, who did Logan who did um, the remake of Three Tender Humor, and, of course, um, one of my favorite movies, Copland. Yeah, well, just briefly stop on the fact that this is the first of the series that is not George Lucas written and Steven Spielberg directed. They were both... And I was actually surprised because the last one, The Crystal Skull, was horrible, and I was like, oh, that was Spielberg too? I'm like, what? how did he end up with that piece of So here's the thing. Spielberg had been attached, and then when he stepped down... I think the, it's still well. He's when he stepped, executive when he anyway. stepped down, the script went out the window. Mangold came in and he worked with the Butterworths, who'd written Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah, I mean those, they, that's a good resume. That's there, a good resume with that, and, and it's an Logan, entirely everybody basically says yes. that's the best of those. Movies. Oh, far and away, yeah. far and away. Um, an entirely new script. So. Spielberg and Lucas still, I think, still attached as executive producers yeah. and apparently have been very positive and been, hey, they can call me any time type <laughs> thing. Um, John Williams still doing the music. Um, you know, ha- the name is just horrible, like Dial of Destiny. Like, it just, it's um, it's kind of like Crystal Skull in the sense that it just seems too Crystal- goofy, but it does seem much better than the, <laughs> the so, name. So I'm, I'm going to be putting a boot on this movie. Really? And, and, uh, yes, and I'm, and I'm gonna. Look, well, I'm, I'm I, just telling you, it's okay. critical success for financial right. success. Is potentially the be- biggest money maker of the summer. Interesting. So I'm gonna come at it a different way. Harrison Ford is now 80. To be fair, he hasn't had a hit when the word Star Wars has not appeared in the title in the last 20 years. That's the reality of it. Harrison Ford is not the dude who was the massive star of the 80s and the 90s. I'm not saying he's not a good actor. But what I'm saying is, this is not a dude that opens films anymore. I also question, Crystal Skull was horrible. Yeah. Was horrible. And I question whether Indiana Jones, and we've talked, you've mentioned director IP, and we've thrown that around. Indiana Jones is Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford is Indiana Jones. As he himself has said, when I'm done, Indy's done. Yeah. The last one was horrible. Therefore, the last good one in the cinema is over 30 years ago. I am shocked. I am shocked at how many people younger than me, if I force them... What's Blade Runner? Chop liver? Uh, uh, Yeah, but, uh, but, uh, you know... 
Age of Adeline. I thought that was good. He was in an Expendables movie, for Christ's sake. Well, you know that your career is going down the tubes. Let me shout out some of his other winners either side of Crystal Skull. Extraordinary Measures. Never heard of that movie. Morning Glory. That was some comedy with Michelle Pfeiffer. Cowboys and Aliens. Yeah, whatever. Cowboys and Aliens is ancient, isn't it? Yeah, it's 2011. Uh, you know, I... <sighs> The Age of Adeline. I've never even heard of that. Oh, you haven't seen no. it? No. Oh, I have seen it. Well, there you go. Yeah, it's pretty good. Okay, but not many other people saw it. I, so my point here is... It's about, and it's I, about a version of, uh, what's his name, Ryan Reynolds' uh, wife <sighs> in real life. Uh, and I don't... And she lives forever, so... Okay, but you know who's, you know who's not living forever is Indiana Jones. <laughs> I don't think Indiana... Indiana Jones is a character who resonates with us. But I'm not no, convinced. I, I'm not convinced people who are 20 years younger than us are going, oh, another sure Indiana are. Jones movie. <coughs> I think the movie. I'll be going to theaters for this one. The budget is $300 million. Yeah. The movie is a critical bomb. <laughs> no chance. It does not make that number. We just talked about how it's being done by this great director. Oh, no, and that's not enough to save it. And you said you're double bombed by you, huh? No, right, not, right. no, not double bomb. Oh. I think the critics will be, oh, last hurrah, I isn't you just it said funny? Critical. Maybe you just misspoke. No, I, I, I said financial bomb. Okay. Not a double bomb. I think the critics are going to give it a pass because it's Harrison Ford and they're our so age and it's wash of somebody, nostalgia. Somebody who's listening, rewind that because I think you said the so other thing. So well, I didn't mean, I did not mean to say critical bomb, but okay. financial down. Not bomb, but down. Yeah. I think that's a big number. And I'm not sure, I put it this way, I think there's more to Michael Keaton returning as Batman in a curiosity nostalgia thing than watching an 80-year-old Harrison Ford replay the hits of a franchise whose last movie, and I don't want to make this about the last one, but the last one sucked. Yeah. And, and there are hardcore indie fans who tell you the same thing. I'm not sure you can de-age him. You can do this, that, or the other. They ain't doing anything that we... They're not doing anything that you can't see better if you just pop an old one in on the Blu-ray. Financial I'm, financial down, critical gonna, up. People are headed there. All right, so you've already sort of spoiled out what you might say at the end of the summer. Maybe but I, anyway... I haven't totally thought, okay. As we go through them As more, we go through July, we may, we may yeah, feel yeah, differently. Yeah. So anyway, that is your June releases. Uh, you've taken the notes... Yeah. Uh, there's been no controversy so far. There has been a controversy about what I've said, uh, but that's not a note-taking thing. <laughs> so I think that's that's June. Is there anything else you want to throw well, out there? Just just, just the people, just, hey, go down to cinema and see these things. Oh, in June? Yeah, I mean, I think I think Guardians of the Galaxy, if, if you're a Guardians of the Galaxy fan, get there now, because I think that thing might be there's, leaving the multiplexes shortly. I, if you were a fan of the original Extraction, there's an Extraction 2. I don't know what that is with... Uh, Who's that? Is that the Chris one? Chris Hemsworth and... Uh, I don't even... Like, I saw it, and it's like... Netflix follows up in its early pandemic hit the explosive action film Extraction. I'm like, I don't remember that at all. Was that the one with... Um, Oscar Isaac and Ben Affleck. What was that one? Netflix no. released one with all those dudes and they're on some mission. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, no Hard Feelings, which is uh, with Jennifer Lawrence. I almost put this in Matthew Broderick. It's, um, 
It's like yeah, a, so yeah it does it's, well. It's kind of it's like a thing where she's like paid to okay. date some yeah financial bomb. I'm just like, I mean again. Yeah, I haven't even of, seen the trailer. I'll go I make a prediction. I don't get that there's a couple of animated things. Yeah, that that takes us pretty and much quite much. a lot of horror. I noticed, and we don't do horror, yeah, so which is well, why I gave that, that a, gave, gave that a miss. Less, so quite you know, a lot. The closest we didn't done to do horror is those. Um, uh, get out, Jordan Peele, and I don't really count that as yeah, horror, yeah, frankly. Exactly. So yeah, like it's quite. Suspense. I noticed in, in across the summer, if you're a horror movie, like Patrick Wilson, like I don't know how many of these movies has he done now, like these insidious and these scary movies and all this stuff. But Making he, a fine old living, yeah, exactly. good for him. Rose Byrne, I mean, these people were yeah. kind of big deal. All right, well, all right. are we? Are we? Is this a break time? This is a keep, break. We're okay. going to break. We're okay. on. We're on an hour, just about exactly. We're okay. going to come back with July and August in a couple of weeks. Uh, for the summer movie preview. Okay. Um, this has been the Atlantic Voice Podcast. I'm Zeph. And I'm Eric. Take care. You've just enjoyed Eric and Zeph on the Atlantic Voice Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Atlantic underscore voice. You can find the show at Libsyn.com, iTunes, and of course at AtlanticVoice.net. Email us at AtlanticVoice at gmail.com. And now on YouTube, search for the Atlantic Voice. The Atlantic Voice, 3,000 miles of opinion.